Welcome to 1978, a podcast that profiles and celebrates Kiwis in the film industry, both in New Zealand and abroad. This week on the episode, we're talking about District 9, produced by Peter Jackson with special effects done by Weta Workshops. Let's go get some prawns. G'day, g'day, welcome back to 1978. <laughs> Once again, Larissa. I'm already a, laughing. <laughs> there's the laugh one. So I just remembered you saying Gonster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good old episode one. Um, yeah, welcome back to 1978. Uh, this week we are covering yeah. um, a pretty epic movie from 2009, mm-hmm. District 9. District Night. Hey, two thousand nine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. So, I <laughs> don't know what to say next. <laughs> Shall we start again? That's fine. It's so funny because we're guys. Everyone listening. We're in the early days of this podcast. We have been like recording week after week, trying to bulk up recordings of episodes. Oh, yeah. You're probably going to hear these months just to, and months. Just to judge ourselves, really, to see if we're good enough to release them to <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. This might never be released. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll release it at least to our families. Yeah. And they'll play it at our funerals. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> got grim. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was... I just mean, like, if it never sees the light of day, they'll probably whip it out right at the end and be like, remember that time? Yeah. <laughs> when Chris that... absolutely flubbed an intro. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It was all right. <laughs> that was a good intro. It was good. I ruined the intro for you. I just started laughing. <laughs> That's all right. Every time she hears my voice, she just laughs. Laughing <laughs> 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 what, what have you guys been up to? Have you guys been doing much over the last. Week or last week? No, not really. Eh, just work. Nice. Really, sleeping, nice. growing a human. That's right. That's about it. Nice. I feel like it's been busy, but I can't tell you anything I've done. Yeah, I've been sick. Nice. I've been just sick with the flu. Well, that's lovely. So I've been watching a lot of movies, which has been fun. That's that's a that's the right amount of sick to be when you can yeah. still enjoy yeah, yeah, a movie. Yeah. And you can use that time to entertain yourself. The exactly. worst is when you get so sick that you don't even feel like watching anything. Is that is that not like, you know, if, if you're not so sick, you can't watch a movie, shouldn't you go to work? I, I yeah. I was that, I was that. <laughs> nah, but when you've got like snot coming out of your face and stuff, nobody wants to see yeah, true, you at work. True, true, yeah. True, true, true. I had like a day off when I was able to like chill out for a little bit. I was feeling terrible, but then. Quickly enough, I was like, "Oh, I should probably be working, so I work from home the rest of the week." Nice, you know, yeah. But um, I am really looking forward to the New Zealand Film Festival that is for the first time in like years and years coming to Whangarei yeah, in a buddy. couple of days. The hometown. So, what brought it up here? I'm not too sure. I I know the New Zealand Film Festival has always shown in Auckland, um, using the Civic Theatre on Queen mm. Street and a few other cinemas around the place, but. Uh, for what I think might be the first time this year, they've branched out in pretty much every major city in New Zealand. Yeah, that's is cool. getting all mm. the film festival movies for cool. a couple of weeks. What films are you excited about seeing, Jasha? <sighs> I've gone overboard. Of There's course. like nearly 30 movies coming. I've <laughs> booked tickets for like nearly 20 of them. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm blocking out days at this point. I'm going to be like sitting there straight after work till the late hours of the night. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, it's going to be good. That's uh, awesome. A couple of the ones I'm really looking forward to. One is called Bad Behavior. Yeah, buddy. Which is it's going to be so I'm fun. looking forward to watching. Yeah, that it's a New Zealand film that the three of us are going to try check out together. Yep. Um, starring Jennifer Con- Connolly. 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 Yeah. Je- Jennifer Connolly. Colony. Jen- Con- <laughs> this entire podcast is just us mincing names or forgetting <laughs> names. Like <laughs> the amount of times we were like, "Oh yeah," and that person, what's their name? Or that movie, what's it called? I'm not changing. That's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the real film podcast. Yeah, this is it. Come to us for the the film knowledge. Uh, Jane Campion's apparently in this bad behavior movie. She's in it. She's acting in it. Is this the one? And the director is like 26. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, female. Tw- yeah, Kiwi. she's a Kiwi, twenty-six-year-old. Fe- like I could have been in, in, in school with her. Yeah, and she's it off. Been you. She's off making films. I could and have been I'm here worker. talking about films. <laughs> so- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that should be fun. Though. I'm looking forward to that. And then there's a couple of films that have come out of the Cannes Film Festival. Mm. Um, I think the one that the film that I've won- never heard someone call it Cannes. Is it Cannes? Cannes. Cannes. Can't, can't. I'm pretty sure it's Ken. We're a mess already, guys. We're a mess already. <laughs> it's hard to know what it is because we say vowels so differently yeah. to everyone else. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. don't often I think it's hear Ken's. Kiwis talking about cans. The cans. Can- no, nah, it's not cans. It's out of can, right? No, I'm, no it's not sounding like Star Trek. Can. We'll do some research and we'll get back let's to get, you on yeah, this. Let's put a, let's put yeah. a pin in that one. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to try to say this word then, but there's like an award they give out at that festival every year. Just do it. Which is like the Palm d'Ovoir. Not or, Pam. Uh, Palm d'Ovoir? Yeah. Take, I don't know. Take, take just, my word for it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a film I have never heard of it. It's a film that won their grand prize this oh, year cool. called Anatomy of a Fall. And that's their opening night film this Thursday. So... I'm really pumped. It's like the first time Day is getting some real cool film festival stuff going on. So yeah. I'm hoping that some people show up for it and it becomes a continuous thing. Yeah, that'll be awkward, eh? You're the only one. <laughs> the only it's one just there. Jay sharing his notebook, <laughs> sitting there watching these movies. Like, well, we're not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, before we get into District 9, um, mm. I have a question for you guys. Okay. Okay. What is the first movie you remember watching at the cinema? (laughs) The first movie I remember, like it was yesterday, I was five, and it was The Lion King. The The Lion King. Good one. What a movie to watch for the first time. That's That's a really good one. I remember crying when Mufasa died. It was. Well, it's too bad if you haven't watched it by now. I remember the candy we ate. We were sitting right on the on the front row. Uh, the the Whangarei, um Cinema was a lot smaller back then. Um, and I remember I went with my three older brothers and um, a couple of older cousins, and they all bought like candies and stuff. And I I don't remember what they were called, but they were, they came in this little polystyrene like cup mm. and they were all they were kind of like mini gobstoppers um and that was that was our our cinema treat but yeah i remember i i, I don't know if i'm inserting this memory but i think there was intermission <laughs> in I the think. lion king yeah um hey. but that feels right for back then anyway yeah yeah way back then so yeah, first not yeah 
first first movie at the cinema. That's first awesome. movie I re- ever remember seeing The Lion King. So I'm very happy. That's about awesome. That, that is, is so cool. I'm a bit jealous now. Mine's not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> what was yours, Jason? <laughs> well, mine's actually a Disney movie too. It's not as cool as The Lion King, but nothing's as cool as The Lion King. No, no. But um, I remember going with my parents to see The Jungle Book two. Hey. So the kind of crappy sequel that came out to the theaters, <laughs> which I have a really I don't like. know if I've ever seen it. You haven't? No, I've not seen it either. I've got, I've got a soft spot, spot in my heart for it because um, it's probably just nostalgia. Like I really remember loving it. I owned it on VHS when it came out on VHS. And I remember watching that to death growing up. And so good. The, the songs are great. I stand by it. Jungle Book 2 has better songs than Jungle Book 1. Wait, is that I'm the one where, where, her, where his daughter ends up with Scar's son? That's, that's Lion King 2. Oh, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is the Lion King 2. That is great. I'm just like stuck in my own little bubble. All I hear is Lion King coming out of your mouth. There we go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But the, the music Jungle Book plot too. twist: Mowgli ends up with Simba's hey, daughter. Hey, Tiger, Tiger, uh, no, no. no. Shere Khan, right? Is a tiger. Shere Khan. Yeah. Khan, pretty much Scar. What? What? What's this one that isn't as great, Larissa? Oh, uh, look, I can't. Even, I actually can't remember. Wait, how sorry. Old before I you go, I just need to react to that. Jungle Book two songs are better than Jungle Book one. <laughs> just circle back to that one. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, well, there's one song. That Jungle Book 2 starts off but with. But Bear Necessity. I, I know. Bear Necessities is a classic, Which right? Which is the one that's got the smashing. The that's the monkey. That one. Is that the first? Gotta one? walk like you, talk like you. No, that's a different Shoo-ba-doo. song. That's no, not that's the exact the same song. That's, that is. That's Jungle Book yeah. 1. No, you're singing the song from Tarzan. Tarzan. Trashing the camp. <laughs> that's it. Trashing the camp. <laughs> I, no. I guarantee you they had this exact same line. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're thinking of the, um, the, yeah, yeah, the orangutans. Yeah. Guys, Tarzan 2, though? Might uh, be better than Tarzan 1. I actually haven't watched Tarzan or <laughs> Tarzan 2. you know the two. songs. I know the song because I did it at a dance class. Hey. Sorry, sorry, Laura. Okay, my first movie, we lived, like, just down the road from our little local town hall. Um, and they used to do movies on the weekends in the theatre. Um, and it was either Dr. Doolittle or Dr. Doolittle 2. <laughs> so I was, either, I was either three <laughs> watching Dr. Doolittle with my dad or I was six watching Dr. Doolittle 2. I can't remember how old I was. But I have very vivid memories of my dad taking me down to the cinema to go on a wee date and watch Dr. Hey, Doolittle. That's so, very cool. That's Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I've and seen it. my five year old has been begging me to watch it, to rewatch it. I haven't, I haven't seen it since, so it'll Do be an experience. Is the one with his, that and his daughter? Is it the one when Scar and gets Scar's with his daughter? daughter? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> it's funny that all three of ours were like animal movies, but I guess that's just what, that's you, what go you do when you're a kid. Kids, yeah. No, oh, what a surprise! <laughs> yeah, we went to watch some. I don't know. District Nine, Citizen Kane. Yes. <laughs> we're not, we're not that old. <laughs> Sleeping Dogs. That was our first, yeah, film in the seventies. Seventy-seven. I remember opening night. <sighs> Good times. All right, District Nine. Should we talk about it? I'm, I'm really excited. To I'm keen to hear the synopsis. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Larissa's got it. Let's go.
Okay, here we go. District 9. Based on director Neil Blomkamp's earlier short film Alive in Joburg, District 9 is a satirical sci-fi mockumentary that brilliantly combines CG technology with the realism of handheld camera work. The story begins when an alien mothership arrives and hovers over Johannesburg. Not America. That was my favourite thing about this film. (laughs) It was in South Africa, not America. No. Under tremendous international pressure, the South African government ferries the 1.8 malnourished aliens, or prawns as they ineffectionately name them, to a refugee camp called District 9. After 20 years of rising conflict between the aliens and humans, Multinational United, otherwise known as MNU, is tasked with relocating the aliens to a new facility out of the city. Here's where it gets really good. Vickis van der Merve, played by Charlotte Copley, is a simple, self-inflated bureaucrat who finds himself at the centre of the action when his father-in-law places him in charge of the eviction process. Whilst raiding one of the prawns' houses, Vickis is accidentally infected with a biofuel substance that begins to transform his human DNA into that of an alien's. His newfound ability to biologically activate alien weaponry makes him incredibly valuable to many parties who start hunting him for testing. All of a sudden, he experiences the same alienation and mistreatment he was once responsible for inflicting and is forced to join forces with an intelligent prawn, Christopher Johnson, to save himself and the rest of the alien race. Ba-ba-ba. District 9. District 9. There's so much to it. There's so much more than that as well, right? Like, I know. I, I wish I could just sit here and, like, scene by scene explain mm. the whole movie because <laughs> it's so good. But you, know, you just have to go watch it. Yeah. MNU, yeah. until I watched it again this time, I actually thought they were like a a humanitarian organization. I don't know why. Yeah. No, they were set up. They were set up to but the, handle relations with the aliens, right? They were set up but, as as a um as a police force for them. But they also specialized in like the weaponry. Like yeah, they've turned into that. a big like weapons manufacturer. Yeah. Now. Well, no, they were a weapons manuf- manufacturer. Yeah. But before the aliens, and then hey. and then when the aliens came along, they took the opportunity. They rebranded themselves, um, MNU, and 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 landed the contracts, which saw them get close to alien technology. Oh, crazy! Can I say something on that? Yeah. So, this oh, there's so much, there's so many places we could start, but the so Sony Pictures when they were releasing this film. It was very understated, small budget. Like, it came out in 2009. That was the same year that Avatar came Mm, out. Um, There was massive, massive movies coming out. This was a small budget. I think it was $30 all up for a sci-fi movie, which is not huge. Um, And so Sony did a genius campaign where they started putting up posters and signs everywhere that said, humans only, any alien (laughs) <laughs> like any reports of aliens, they like set up a whole number in a website that people would actually go and report alien activity to. Yeah. They also set up like an entire website for MNU that had like who we are. Like it was like a legit <laughs> website for MNU. Oh. And they just did all this crazy like left field marketing for this film. 
Um, and it kind of just slid in there under the radar and like people were like, what the heck is this? Like, it's so cool because it's still on like the genius. movie's poster. Is, yeah. I, I was looking at the poster and it has that phone number and I was wondering just before yeah, the recording. Yeah, so le- they legitimately set it up and they That's got cool. heaps of like they got heaps of reports as well. People dobbing in their neighbours <laughs> as aliens? Yeah, I don't know, probably. <laughs> Can we talk about um, Shalto Copley? Yes. Playing Vickers? He's brilliant. Oh my gosh, He's guys. He's so funny. I didn't I hate sci-fi films. Like, well, no, I don't hate them. I just they're not my preference. Yeah. And so when Chris suggested this one, I was like, "Oh, no, all right." I know, I was very I curious <laughs> to what you'd think. But it was actually funny. Like, and I think it was all thanks to Shalto. Like, he was just gold. He's like an idiot too, though. Yeah. I, I love my my favorite thing probably about the movie is him. And how at the very start he's just like the selfish asshole. Yeah, he is. Like, he's Michael from The Office. Like, he's, he pretty, is, he's pretty much one to one Michael he's Scott. Got absolutely, he's not competent at anything, but yeah. he is so confident. He's he's Michael. If you give him a little bit of um, psychopathic <laughs> kind of tendencies. Mm. Where he's able to go and like just murder things and smile about yeah, it. Yeah, because the, the whole style of movie is like aborting the babies and laughing it off and like watching. He's, sh- he's like kind of like a showman, eh? Like yes. he's just playing it all. This is how you do it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, and then he adds a South African accent in the end. It's so good. It is great. This is Vickers van Merwe from MNU. And uh, we are here to serve you an eviction notice. You just put your scroll there. Okay, come on. Okay, all right, Thomas, hold it. We've got the scroll there because as he as he hit it, that's what I was saying. It, it counts as a scroll. First time we come in, there'll always be a little bit of tension happening between us. A little? Yeah, sure. Hey, hey, put that there. You can't eat that, man. The prune likes to eat the rubber. Vickers sort of like a marshmallow. No, 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 Jan, don't prod him. Don't prod him like that. Don't prod him. Okay, this is going to be problems because now all the prawns are coming out. They want to see what's going on. Stop it. Stop it. Hannes, break my foot. See, everybody's gathering now. Don't shoot, man. You're going to turn it into a war zone. What is that? Is it tear gas? Is that tear gas? No, it's cat food. Cat food, I just distract them. It is great. Uh, it, I love how, I mean, the whole thing is he slowly turns more and more alien. But I love how they do it in the movie because yeah. it feels like he's becoming less and less human. But he still, he starts becoming like more and more humane almost. Yeah. Like, yeah, true. It's so, it's so That's clever. a good line, Jason. Yeah, there we go. Less yeah. human, more humane. <laughs> That's so true though. And it's yeah. such a good character arc. Like yeah. you see this guy who really was just a pawn for MNU. Like, yep. A pawn. <laughs> no, they just picked the most enthusiastic guy and they were yeah. like, let's throw this guy in there because he's just stoked to be, you know, important. And then you put him in this situation where everyone turns his back on him. Mm, straight away too. Yeah, 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 and all of a sudden all these other qualities start coming out. It's crazy. And he, st- he still makes dumbass decisions, like... He still betrays what's his name? What's the prawn's Christopher. name? Christopher. Yeah. Christopher. He tries to go and take the spaceship by himself. No, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing, bro? You've got no idea. I had like a moment watching that happen. Watching him betray Christopher. Yeah. There's this rage that so builds up. 
Yeah. But then you think about it. Like I had to, I, I stopped and I thought, about, uh, and you have a thing, you think about the, the pure desperation yeah. that he's acting from. And it, and it actually made sense to me that he would go, okay, he's not going to help me. I know that the stuff's up there. So I'm going to do it myself. Especially because like. Well, I would, I feel like I would have used my desperation to just be like, you're going, I'm coming too. And just yeah, I don't jump understand why he didn't like, just go with him. Yeah. I, there's a few, there's a few plot points that I was a little bit like. Yeah. Eh. I saw it a bit as like him, because like his job for what he's doing, they just see the aliens as like less than human, right? It's just these other things that uh, it's just normal for him to not treat them like you'd treat other people. So throughout the movie, like, yeah, he's becoming friends with Christopher, but it's they're never really on the same level until the end. No, it's just a mutual mutual convenience, right? But Um, that was something that I enjoyed about his his character arc is <clears throat> at the beginning you do kind of see into his humanity a little bit you see he's he is a caring loving guy yeah to his wife yeah i think it paints such a good picture of of racism because mm. it shows well, the whole thing kind of mirrors what happened with the apartheid yeah right? well it shows like i don't know if i if this is yeah, uh, the way the way I saw it was, it shows the humanity on the opposite side, on the other side of the fence that you don't want to be on. Yeah, you know, mm. and and as you said, he was this guy who was essentially ignorant to the to the the life of the alien, um, and ignorant to their to their intelligence, ignorant to their yeah. uh, the the value that they could bring to mm. earth um and and kind of was willing to tow the party line um and so uh, i i i really enjoyed watching his truths kind of get broken down a little mm. bit well not a little a lot <laughs> yeah. um, As he literally became the thing that he just didn't really care for. it wasn't that he hated them he just was like it was just like squashing a cockroach to yeah that's yeah. what that's the yeah, that's the, yeah, the right. view that i uh, that i saw he had totally and so so where you know as the, as as the movie goes on you kind of his um his self-awareness grows where he's like oh this these these things are actually for lack of a better word people mm. they have they have you know just as much thought and feeling as I do. And you see a moment of empathy um, right at the very end where he finally connects that and he's like, go. Yeah. Mm. I'll stay here to get yeah. you out. Yeah. Listen, you go at it. You can make it. I'm going to just hold him off you and I'll join you soon. Take your boy and go home. You have to make it. Don't make me go through all of this and not make it. You understand? Go! Go now before I change my mind, man! Go! Can we talk about the fact that it was a pretty, like, knockout performance for someone who... Wasn't an actor and didn't even want to be an actor. Yeah, like, so he's insane. amazing. So he, I think I, if I've if I've read correctly, he helped produce 
um, Neil Blomkamp's short films and had a very minor cameo in um, Alive in Joburg. I thought it was... I haven't, I haven't he seen was. It. A, I don't know. Anyway, he kind of got roped into doing a part in that. <laughs> um, and then when Neil Blomkamp started writing this, he called him back in to mm. help him work on Vickers's character. And they realized that nobody else could be Vickers. <laughs> it just great. Like, it's he's just such a good job of it. Yeah. He's done heaps since as well. Like, I've seen him. There's a movie called Hardcore Henry, which is another kind of experimental movie that's but all filmed in first, first person. person. And he's a main character in that, oh. and he's in some other Wait, sci-fi. Wait, so do you, if it's filmed in first person, do you see him? Um, he's not the person it's from the perspective of. Okay. I think he's like the friend. Um, but he's he's like, since then, he's in so many sci- so much sci-fi stuff, and I always love him. I didn't realize this is kind of how he got roped into acting in the first yeah. place. It's so cool. So good. Where is it? You? Tonya? God, please let it be you. Yes. Baby. I'm so happy you called me, baby. Because listen to me. Okay. I have something to say to you, and it's, it's not going to be easy. No, no, okay, look, look, listen, baby, before you say anything, your father is, is, is working against me, baby. He's lying to you. Baby, he doesn't. They say that you become obsessed with him. I can't do this. Baby, please don't, don't give up on me, you know? Don't, don't give up on me, because I can. I I want to see you again, baby, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fix my arm, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see you again, and I'm gonna kiss you, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna hold you again. I don't want you to hold me again, <laughs> baby. But baby. Yeah, so let's talk about the part that I'm curious about, and that is, um, Larissa, you almost I almost vomited. We got a message of Larissa saying <laughs> she, guys, <laughs> ideally Look, vomited. This movie was a roller coaster for me, okay? I don't do a whole lot of gore. I yeah. don't do a lot of sci-fi. I expected to hate it, and then literally five minutes in, I turned to my husband, and I was like, what is this film? It is so clever. I, like, <laughs> I'm loving it. Yes. And I think it was, like, it was the documentary style that made – I just – I don't know. I really like realism. I think sci-fi is brilliant, and it's very creative, but I also – Sometimes I'm like, it's just a bunch of nerds wishing that the world was more interesting than it actually is. Isn't that awful? Um, <laughs> kind of, yeah. But this one, I was like, it actually, they've filmed it in a way that makes it seem so realistic because yeah. it was, it's filmed like a documentary. And so all of a sudden, the stuff that you always watch and you're like, ah, that's so fake, didn't feel as fake. That was a side note. So I was watching it and I was like, okay, this movie's really clever. And then I was like, this movie's really funny. And then I was like, this movie's actually disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how graphic this movie so is. There's so many yeah. people getting blown up. Yeah. Um, and then when he, yeah, when he starts transforming into this alien, it was, it wasn't, there's a part where he like hacks off his finger. It yeah. wasn't that. But just after that, he starts like inspecting his body and he's like trying to rip yeah, flappy. I can't. He's do tearing whole parts skin. of his like yeah. skin off. Yeah, that's the like I'm fine. I I don't get like nauseous about anything. But if, if there's flappy skin, 
nah, no deal. <laughs> and no, he's but, like pulling on it. Yeah. And he is like, yeah, he's tugging on this flappy skin. Like, and it's not just like a little bit. Like it's like it's a whole heaps. chunk of flesh. He's pulling off all his fingernails. He's I Yeah, that bit made me lurch a little bit, but it <laughs> was but but so I'm watching it. Keep in mind, I'm watching it with my husband who can't do any form of blood needles. Yeah. Like when he was strapped um, <laughs> to the stretcher and under, like in under the, the MMU yeah. building, and they're trying to do all these tests on him and stuff. My husband actually had to walk out of the room. No, he didn't. He closed his eyes and he's like, "Tell me when it's over." <laughs> but I was trying to convince him to walk out of the room. Um, but yeah, it's, so it was an experience. There was a yeah, but like. The, vi- the visual effects of it, I don't know, it just didn't seem like they did a great job of it. It didn't seem super fake. Like, Yeah. And that's a big task. Like, you're trying to get someone to turn into this, like, tentacle, crust- what is it called? A prawn. Yeah, like, yeah. looking. Crustacean. No, it's not a crustacean. What is it when they're. Shells on the outside. A crustacean. Yes, crustacean. <laughs> I think it is a crust- no, no, invertebrate. Hey, it? yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. Vertebrate. Inver- I, I think I- they were talking about. I watched some behind the scenes stuff, and they were saying they wanted them to be like insects. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think you're onto it there because there is a lot of CG. I mean, all the prawns are completely CG in the movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it's so clever because they're filming it in this like lower quality than would be usual. Mm handheld documentary style and it kind of like eases you into the whole thing and doesn't make it feel so off-putting or so fake i Um, think also just the setting as well like it's not like cgi in high-tech buildings and Mm. like you know running through new york city yeah that's it it's in this like gritty as slum and the like the aliens are dirty and uh, I don't know, it kind of grounded it a whole lot more. Like, yeah, it all feels just so gross. The whole yeah. movie, the way it looks, the way it feels, the way the like just gore is grimy. <laughs> yeah. I'd love the practical effects though. You mentioned his hand. Yeah. Like I thought it looked amazing. And the point mm. that like the prosthetic that they would have used for him actually pulling his flesh off. That's all. That was, I wonder how many hours great. he sat in here and make up. Yeah. That would have been a long time. For that. Yeah, I love that stuff. That Apparently, the, um, because they used, they tried to do a lot of motion capture. So they actually had humans playing the prompts. Mm. Um, but they had to scrap that in the end when they were doing post-production because the way that Neil Blomkamp chose to film it, it's handheld. And so... Yeah, they had to completely... Like, virtually impossible to go through frame by frame. Yeah. And... Um, be a nightmare to track yeah. everything on. Yeah, because it was... It, and they were like, it was so brilliant, but we actually couldn't, we couldn't True. use motion capture mm. because it was so shaky. So they ended up having to like go and remove the actors and then add all the prawns in with yeah, CGI. all the prawns. But, Don't you love it that we, we, I know, like that we get sucked into using that, the prawns. The prawns. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's the thing, because I've, I watched this movie when I was younger and I completely forgot about the whole like um, slums aspect of it. Mm. I just I completely forgot about it. And this time watching it, that's the part that I really like was drawn to the most. Mm. Just how they managed to tell this story of like society and culture, and also and, and all these like parallels to refugees and stuff that's actually happened in yeah. South Africa yeah. and across the world. I I love that. Right, like it's a sci-fi movie. 
there's a lot of action, a lot of blood, but it's actually they're inserting this really cool social commentary into mm. it. That, like I've come off the back of this movie being like, I don't know a whole lot about the stuff that we've done to people across the world or that other people have done to each other or how some people are being treated. So mm. it's inspired me to kind of learn a bit more and see what's happening. And this, this is from an alien movie. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the crazy part, right? Like normally, I mean, especially you look at this, the history of South Africa with the apartheid and, um, you know, just all the like racial conflict. Yeah. It would be easy to write a drama or a historical fiction or something that mm. comments on those things, but he managed to do it with a sci-fi alien movie. Like, yeah, it's so <laughs> it's cool. It's quite impressive. I yeah. um, the whole way through, was waiting for I don't know why why where the connection was made, but the whole way through the movie, I was waiting for um, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> He, Hugh Jackman I, is in Chappie, eh? I was waiting for Hugh Jackman to come out in a Humvee with a <laughs> mullet and, like, shoot some stuff up. And it wasn't until, like, I would say the last 20 minutes, I was like, wait a minute. Wrong Neil Chappie. Blancamp film, yeah. <laughs> That's the Lion King 2, bro. Yeah, 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 the Lion King 2. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But Let's I thought go. that their uh, the the colonel was was very good. He um he was kind of frightening. Yeah, he was. I loved the introduction to him, mate. Where he's like, "Oh, this is the colonel, and he uh he's been um oh, I can't remember what he says, but he he tries to introduce the, the colonel. He's like, you, "You shut up! You shut up!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like <laughs> there's so, so much comedy. Funny. There's so much comedy. Like when he comes home. To his wife, and he's yeah. panicking, I just and he's, he's like, "I just grabbed my pants," and then all of a sudden, she flicks on the light, and it's a surprise party for. Him. Yeah, it's so, oh, it's so crazy! So many hilarious. Early on, early on, when they're like, he's he's in the slums and they're interviewing people as well. He's trying to like get some serious interviews, and then one guy's just like, "The alien, they they took my wife away." And it just like quickly cuts away from that. And it's yeah. so. He's like, so whose house is this? I have to not my house. It. So are you sure this is not your house? Yeah, no, he's gone somewhere else. Oh, but they have some cat food here. <laughs> that was one thing that, okay, one thing. I have a few gripes with the film. Okay. The first one was the language, like the alien language. I thought, I was like, it's, it was cool. They did a great job of the sound tech on that. But I was like, how do all of these so-called unintelligent aliens, okay, yeah. how, are they man- how have they managed to learn enough of the English language to understand and respond to it? And how, like, they didn't really answer that question. Like, how did we actually learn to understand each other? Just seemed like because no one's knew. talking the same language. Yeah. But they I just, liked that. yeah, it was cool. But they also like they painted the aliens as like most of them were kind of just like unintelligible working class. Working class. Well, the whole backstory, right, is there was like a virus that made them all. Well, we don't know, but something? that's that's yeah. that's a um. A theory. Oh. The, I, what I liked about that, the language barrier thing, was I I thought that it was quite a smart move not to teach them English or not to let them oh, yeah. be able to speak with our um, – to, to be able to speak our dialect. Mm. And so – and we probably wouldn't be able to mimic theirs either. So it would – to a certain degree, it would make sense that the people dealing with – 
the aliens would have learned to speak the language in order to be able to deal with them. Yeah, but how funny would it have been if, like, at the start you saw Vickers, like, getting ready to go out into the field and, like, brushing up on his alien language. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that would be pretty like good. That. I don't know, I'm not yeah. a writer. That would, it probably would flop, but... The stuff that... <laughs> when he's having those conversations with the aliens early on, I'm just, I'm, I mean, I've said it so funny so many times, but like he's such a sleaze as well when the first person they talk, the first alien they talk to, the alien like doesn't want any part of it and hits it away and he's like, that's all we need. Yeah. Like, he got he the it. Fruit from his head. And then when he's offering them sweeties. <laughs> the sweetie man is coming. I got to say, that that baby prawn, it's my baby Yoda, guys. This, this It's pretty cute. Little hey? baby alien in CJ. this. CJ. Yeah, yeah. Loved him. Chris Wait, Jr. Chris Jr. Yeah, I just yeah. worked that out. There we go. Yeah. You have two aliens named after you, Chris. How do you feel? Very good. <laughs> I cracked up. I was ones. like, wait, why is his name Christopher? Because <laughs> it's a good name. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I, mean, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but did it ever, like, who named him Christopher? I have no clue. Just, it's just is his name. That's just his name. <laughs> so good. Uh. Can we talk about the um, Nigerian warlord? Yeah. Obasanjo? Yeah. Obasanjo? Yeah. And the, like, the witch doctor. That was, yeah, that was. They're uh, like, there parts was, of the aliens. There was some strange stuff. But, man, I just thought that, like, I thought that just added a whole new layer to the whole thing as well. Like, the black market. Yeah. And, it's such a cool setting. Like, imagine if they, like, revisited this, them. made some sort of, like, gritty TV show in this world. Well, they've been teasing District 10 for years. Apparently it's coming. Apparently. I don't know if a TV show would work for this particular story. I'm just obsessed with the world building, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I think I think it's it's so it's so awesome. It's Different. pretty good. We have a couple of theories okay. for District 10. We were talking yeah. about this before we uh, we we started recording. Yeah, because apparently Shalto Copley said last year, 2022, mm. guys. I saw that. That District 10 has a couple of drafts written for it already, and that the film is probably going to have a chance after Neil Blomkamp has done with Gran Turismo, which is in theaters right now yeah. as of recording. He's done with Gran Turismo. Yeah. yeah. All he's probably doing now is press, and I, then he can do District yeah. 10. Yeah, it's for coming. Us. A, a question that I asked Jaisha mm. is. And I'd be interested interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. How how will they make District Ten without the humans getting obliterated or at least um, subjugated because of what happened in District Nine? Unless, like, the aliens don't care about these particular aliens, like we have to consider the 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 technology difference between the humans and the alien if 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 the aliens come back in force mm. there was one what thing will the, what will the movie be about just us getting our ass kicked mm. independence day i don't know we'll have to find out obviously um there's maybe a couple independence, drafts so. uh, maybe independence day is the sequel <laughs> maybe <laughs> i liked the ending though to be honest like i love the whole i'll be back in 3 years and you don't know yeah. Like, I just, just love... Get left hanging. Yeah. Left hanging and he's making flowers that's and, like, second, delivering them to his wife. That's the second movie we've done and you're, like, want a, you want a happy ending. Yeah. For yeah. The, yeah. For the protagonist and this doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Um, going back to what you said, though, about the difference between alien intelligence and human... Because they are genius. Like, mm. 
the weaponry that they've created, the technology that mm. they have. What I didn't understand was I assumed that when um when they got ferried down to Earth, that a lot of their weaponry and stuff was confiscated by MMU. But then they still were creating stuff and still had stuff that they were trading in the black market with yeah. over Sandro. But it, like they couldn't operate it because they didn't have alien DNA. Why then, if the aliens actually had some of this weaponry in their arsenal, like why wouldn't they just go and ham on the humans? It's <laughs> a good question. Why weren't they using it? Like, yeah. Were they that stupid that cat food was better to them than man? It's better than being in it. control. That was one scene I didn't understand. Was when they were trading that massive robot. Yeah. And they had an alien in the robot. And he's like, I want a thousand cans. And he's like, no, I'll give you a hundred. He's like, yeah, sweet. Look, bro, just use your robot and take the thousand cans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they trade it to, yeah. But that's a know. different way of thinking. Well, I would say that my, my theory on that would be that the aliens have an alien way of thinking. They're, they're, the way that their, their, their social structures are set up will be, be different to us as human beings. Mm. And so our approach to... A problem may be different to their approach to a problem. Well, they also were like malnourished for so long. I wonder if it was more, yeah, like you know, like someone who's addicted to heroin would give up their entire life to get another shot of heroin. Like, I wonder if it was like that's like the the cat. That's what I took away from it for them. Yeah, and just they're like constantly they they were willing to give up their autonomy to get it to get another can. Uh, yeah, cat food. Oh, they always so have young. like guns on them, though. Like you see that people are in helicopters, like ready to shoot them if they make a wrong move or if they try and rise up. And at the start, we see so many of these aliens just get shot or obliterated or torn apart. Or it's crazy. Like the other part that annoyed me was when Vickers is in the suit, and at the start you see yeah, the that's... bullets. Oh. Like he's able to collect the bullets and stop them from hitting him, and then like five minutes later he's out on like out in the slum, <laughs> getting shot at, getting from shot, and it looks like an actual person getting shot. He's like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, why am he using that thing again? No, I because think he he didn't know how to use the he suit. He wasn't using the suit when it caught the bullets. I oh, thought no, it was, cool. it was CJ. That Remember, was no, yes, yeah, so, well, it's, no, it wasn't CJ. It was an automated system that it, and it saw that him as a prawn was getting attacked by these unknown entities oh, and so genius. it protected him. Okay, yeah. all right. And then Vickers jumps in and he doesn't have a clue. Yeah. What, okay, that makes so much more sense. I love the moment at the end when he catches the missile as yeah. it's about to fire and hit the big mothership. He just catches it. It's yeah. so good. And, and his transformation at the end too, like with his eyes bulging out. That must the, one, the one yeah. eye. <laughs> I just get like the – I imagine the worst headache when I when I see that eye <laughs> Bulging eye, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that must pressure have pain like, must have been insane. So much pain the whole time. Can you imagine? I hate to think about it. That flesh just tearing off you, tearing everywhere off you, but and... also like internally, all of your DNA is changing. Yeah. Like that's nuts. <sighs> yeah, great but, movie. Yeah, good movie. Neil Blomkamp. It was his first feature film. Mm. So he made a couple others, crazy. which I like. Like he did Chappie, which you mentioned, Chris. Yeah. He did Elysium, which is one with Matt Damon. Another great movie. Oh, yeah, I've heard I haven't of that. seen it. Um, um, I reckon we need to talk about a couple of Kiwis. Yeah. Yeah, well, Peter Jackson. 
Yes, good old Sir Peter Jackson. Sir Peter Jackson. Producer he, of the film. Yeah. He, not only was he the producer, but he essentially ended up, he was the one that really made it, made, you know, the funds happen for it as well. Yeah, he did. Well, because they were signed on to do Halo together. Mm. And when that all fell over, he um, he loved, I think he just really loved Neil Blomkamp's work. Mm. And his short films. And they chose to reuse a and whole lot of said, the prep stuff. They did, stuff, yeah. yeah. But he went to Neil and said, we still want to get your feature film made. So cool, eh? Um, and so found a way to fund it. And I, from what I can see, I mean, he gave a bit of feedback on the script and stuff and his writing partner had a bit of input as well. But other than that, he was pretty hands-off. Like he just wanted to let Neil do his thing. Yeah, and the behind the scenes, he's just talking about how that he just loved this idea. Like he thought yeah. his story was just genius and he hadn't seen anything like it before. So he was just backing this guy 100%, which was pretty cool. I love that. Like I love though that you take someone who's had their shot yeah, and, you know, and made their mark yeah, and obviously has kind of paved away from for themselves, mm. then looking and being like, all right, who's next? Mm. Like, yeah, you know, and who, cool. else, who can I invest in? And because I look at this and, like, you look at some of the, like, practical gore and, the, like, you know, the, the craziness of it and it just made me think of some of Peter Jackson's early yeah. work. And I'm like, Hugely. it's not a wonder this guy loves yeah. <laughs> Neil yeah, Blomkamp. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that also goes to show just how um, important Weta has been to mm. um, the film industry, um, you know, particularly around this type of uh, visual effects yeah. that you get. Um, you know, they especially a lot of their not early work, but their more influential work has, you know, mm. in the in the early two thousands is really um, you can see how their reputation not only grew, but but um, what am I trying to say? That right, they they were they were put into the world scene, rightly so. Like, if yeah, you, if you go on and you look like like we said earlier. Being able to to create this this creature back in two thousand and nine, let's yeah. say, mm. um, and have it stand they were also up. Also working on still Avatar today, at that time yeah. As well. And yeah, again, like, massive movie. Yeah, huge movie. Because this, this is our big connection, like New Zealand connection, is Peter Jackson and Weta Workshop. Because mm-hmm. Weta designed all the aliens, designed the motherships and the dropships and the weapons and helped out with the special effects and the post visual effects. Like yeah. they did. It's awesome. I, I've That's been like to the Witter Workshop. Of the film. Yeah, it is. I've been to Witter Workshop in Wellington. I don't know if either of you have. No. Nah, Man. haven't yet. Road trip? When yeah, are they doing do this? But there's actually like a, there's a display on District 9, which is pretty yeah, cool with sick. some of the weapons and a, a prawn, which is awesome. Because I think they re- they had already started making stuff for Halo, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they repurposed it and just changed some stuff a little bit. And Yeah. You can totally look at the weapons and be like, yeah, there's some similarities there yeah. or some of the some of the um trucks and armor and stuff. It's funny as well because Peter Jackson was <laughs> doing some reading and they filmed a lot of this film as as we talked talked about handheld, mm-hmm. especially the start of this movie. But then they switched to using 4K red cameras for yeah, a lot of the for the narrative stuff. Narrative stuff, and they borrowed all nine of the red cameras from Peter Jackson himself. So he lent them his cameras what to go a make legend. the movie. <laughs> yeah, because the handheld stuff is just done on little Sony's. Yeah, with like a, a shotgun mic on the yeah. top of the camera. It's so good. Yeah. Um, that's cool, though. I wonder if Peter Jackson will lend us some cameras. Surely. Sure. 
shall we? We don't need nine, Peter. We just need maybe one. I reckon we could do with nine. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd settle for use. four. Yeah, yeah. Meet, meet in the middle. Meet in the middle. We want one thousand. I'll give you one hundred. <laughs> yes. There's there's another couple of Kiwis as well that worked on this, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um. There is another producer, Carolyn Cunningham, who is originally from Australia. Mm-hmm. But she came over here, lives in Wellington, and has done a lot of work with Peter Jackson. Mm. I think she was the one that um, helped with some of the writing as well. Yeah, I think Peter she helped with a bit of it. Gave a bit of feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's worked on like King Kong, Tintin, yeah. The Lovely Bones. And she's also an assistant director. So nice. she's, yeah, she's done some notable films like Pitch Black and Peter Pan. I think they were working on The Lovely Bones simultaneously. That's oh, really? 2009, so Peter Jackson eh? was filming. Lovely Bones in New Zealand hey. whilst District 9 was being filmed mm. in South Africa. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, Weta was also doing Avatar. Well, yeah, it was a busy, busy, busy <laughs> year for Peter and the crew. Uh, there's also a couple uh, other creatives. There's Philip Ivey, who was the production designer for District 9. Nice. He was born in Auckland and he has gone on to work on films like the Extraction movies Ooh. with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never heard of them. Great, we get to watch those. Yeah, there we go. And Elysium as well, so he's worked more movies with Neil. And there's also Richard Taylor, who did a lot of the design, and he was the effects supervisor, and he is the founder and creative director of Weta Workshop, guys. Nice. And we had a couple, or uh, I recognized at least one New Zealand accent as well, and I wrote down, well, I don't know if I wrote down, I can't remember the name, but you you called it, didn't you? I've got you. There are four Kiwi cast members. They all appear in the like interviews, documentary interviews at yeah, the start because yeah. I'm guessing uh, they couldn't yeah. go to I South Africa. I thought there were a few in there. Yeah, so there's Natalie Bolt, John Sumner, Jed Brophy, and Nick Blake all in the movie. Nice. I wonder what those guys are doing now. Yeah. We'll look them up. We'll, we'll cover their give films. Them, give them a call. I know. What a movie, though, guys. I'm mm. so glad we got you to watch this, Larissa. I, <laughs> I was stoked. <laughs> I was happy. I was happy to be surprised by it. Um. So, what do we reckon? What do we think about it? Should we go around, give some final thoughts, and a that's a be- solid. Before we do, yeah. Actually, no. I'll say afterwards. I'll, I, I, I'm very interested to to go through the Rotten Tomato score. Hey. Yeah. Oh. But do you want to do that now? Or after? I reckon we we shouldn't let it. Um. You know, influence us one way or another. Well, mine's definitely a, my my rating is definitely a year. Yeah. It's a solid year. Yeah. It's like it's so good. And I think the fact that it's not my style of film that I would naturally gravitate towards and I enjoyed it so much, I think is saying a lot. Like I can imagine sci fi buffs just like loving it. Yeah. Because it's pretty cut like it's and it kind of still holds up. Like I haven't seen anything that's quite as unique as this mm. in the sci-fi world. I don't know. I haven't got a huge sampling though. Yeah. But I can imagine like those kind of people that enjoy those films would love it. You're pointing but the at fact me. that I watched it, <laughs> yeah, I'm pointing directly <laughs> at Jason. <laughs> but the fact that I watched it and I was still blown away and yeah, thought it was a flipping cool. awesome movie is um, they're saying something. Yeah. I'm a big old year for this one, guys. I love it more big than I remember loving it. I like this. Is this one of the greatest sci-fi films Ooh, that's since a bit of the a... year 2000? Oh, well, yeah. It's fair enough. It was, there was a 
resurgence of Star Trek that came out the same year. Was oh, it? yeah. So Star Trek Avatar and then District 9 was this random oh gosh, little right. side well, thing. Well, it was definitely better than Star Trek. Uh, excuse me. 100% Ooh. better than was Star Trek. Was Kiwi Carl Urban? You just said that it was... Was it oh, one of the best? Now that I now that you reminded me of Star Trek, we'll have to see when we Star cover Trek it. was good. I enjoyed it, <laughs> but District Nine is just it's just different. Yeah, it's that it that's different. That's what I love. It's just so creative. The pacing's great too. I thought it was pretty engaging and nonstop yeah. the whole way through it. Um, I've got random notes here that probably aren't worth saying, but one of the one of the scenes I loved <laughs> for some reason I've written right down then. <laughs> some reason I've written down prolonged sexual activity with aliens. I think that's what's popping up on every screen with his face when he yeah, gets Yeah, that's what MNU Yeah. That's what MNU like tries to frame it as. Imagine your life would be ruined. And that's why he's like calling his wife like I did not do that. Yeah. I did not do that. Okay, that's that is one gripe I have with the film. True. Yeah. Because so he's they're in hospital, um, and then they so so he's had his um, his arm injured, and he's had this DNA changing liquid sprayed on yeah. him, and he faints, ends up in hospital. They chop the cast off, and there's his alien arm, and so they bring in MNU, they zip him up in a bag, mm. and they take him out, and his wife's like, "What's going on?" She's freaking out, and then that night or the next morning. She's talking to her dad, and her dad's decided to kill him to, to harvest all his yeah stuff. And the dad um, says, "Well, I'm sorry, he's dead." Yeah, he, t- she's, so, he tells him. Yeah, she, he he tells her that she's dead, and she cries and 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 mourns as as anyone would. Mm. And then he goes nuts. That very day, they release all the stuff on him. To say that he's um, been having sex with a- aliens, yeah, and then um, and then he calls his his wife. They finally get in contact, and she's like all confused about this alien activity. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wouldn't you be more confused about the fact that your dad said he was dead, and yeah. now he's not? Wouldn't that be the problem? After yeah, but lie. I think like obviously the dad's a snake. Yeah, and probably was like, oh, I got told he was dead, but actually this is what's happened. We didn't want to tell you the truth. Yeah, no, okay. or we, we thought that that would shield you from the pain okay, of knowing okay. that you're. Yeah, I, I, I get what it you frustrated mean, me so much. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> my last my last note though is on like his relationship with his wife because I really love how the movie ends. Mm. Um, we get yeah, a flashback to the sweet. very start of him showing a photo of her to the camera and being like, this is my angel. Yeah. And he's still thinking of her, even though he's fully turned into an alien. You guys haven't seen my wife. Let me show you my wife. This is my special angel. She even looks like an angel with the halo. Do you want to see that? Look, you see with the white veil over the, over the edge, she even looks like an angel. Now everyone says that his wife is an angel, but this is a real angel that you are seeing there. On the cameras. They won't put that in the video, I don't think. Good movie. Big old year from me. Yeah, well, what do you rate it, Chris? It has to be a year. <laughs> yeah. I think it's my year is not as weighted as your year because I love sci-fi movies. <laughs> um, and this movie has been... Um, yeah, it's held a, 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 a high place... For me, because I didn't realize you just said 
before we recorded that you saw this at the movies yeah. when it came out. Yeah. That's you so were cool. the only one that was old enough to watch it at the movies. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I was 19. I don't remember if I was in Thailand or True. if I had just Quite a lot got older back than us. from Thailand. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I was going to mention 13. one thing that that um, that it, that really sh- struck home for me was um, back when I was in Thailand. I remember we we drove past this um, this refugee camp. Oh wow! Um, and we really wanted to go in there, but we weren't allowed. It was fully like there were the, 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 there were guards posted around the entrances mm. with like machine guns and stuff and and um but i remember i was doing some humanitarian work um building some stuff over there and um building some weapons yeah i actually got asked to go back no lie to to um not join but to observe um the war between the korean and um the myanmar um like in myanmar anyway so i was a bunch just to of... observe just to sit and watch yeah was but... it sipping was it... on sipping on a... it wasn't um, even you almost recruited me right? no it was a bunch of korean people that were like <laughs> yeah um anyway it's such an interesting life Chris. Yeah. so <laughs> they i remember like it, it struck so hard for me seeing the 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 District Nine as mm. a refugee camp, and and thinking back on what I've just seen and been told about these refugees that were literally like trying to escape genocide, essentially real, just really mm. happening. Yeah, yeah, um, it's crazy. So um, yeah, it, was, it, it it had a lot of real world elements to it that I yeah that I thought was pretty hefty. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to a lighter note. Um, <laughs> I was reading up. I'm very happy with Rotten Tomatoes in this case because <laughs> um, they they uh, uh, mirror my opinion of the movie. So the um, Tomato Meter reviews, yeah, ninety percent. Hey, critics, yeah. So that's Ooh. out of three hundred and fourteen reviews. Um, so audience score, so. It just says over two hundred thousand reviews for audience score at eighty two percent. So that's a pretty decent, pretty high, yeah, score, especially for a movie that had the competition it had. Mm-hmm. The competition, and also they were all like novices, yeah, and a restricted movie, which probably a lot of people want to go out of their way to see. Like, it, yeah, true, yeah, it's impressive. So you guys literally couldn't go and watch it. No, I, I was ten years old. <laughs> Oh wow, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I think more people like gotta seek it out though. Like, this... hopefully you've watched it before. I had never heard of it. Yeah, before. that's the thing. I haven't actually heard people talk about it for the last like yes. ten years or however long it's been since I saw it. It's like, still an impressive movie. Yeah, it's really cool. So let us know if you guys did watch it for the show. Um, email us nineteen seventy eight podcast at gmail dot com. We would absolutely love to hear what did you thought. Did you throw up at all? I yeah, go yeah, go go onto the socials and let us know. Were for you sure. disturbed? <laughs> was there a part where I was disturbed? I don't think there were any moments where I was just glad I watched it during the day and not I I am a very creative dreamer. Mm. Oh, I true. think if I'd watched it yeah, before be I went to sleep, 
I'd have had some real interesting dreams. Yeah. I, I love like horror movies and I, I, I'm fascinated by how they can do practical effects and gore and stuff like that. But I was I was shocked. We, we know, Jason. Yeah, I know. I know you know. But um, I was shocked because this was, I didn't remember it being as full on as it was. Like it's so graphic to the point that it doesn't feel as graphic. I don't know. It's just Well, it's crazy. so absurd. Yeah. But then it's not absurd at the I same know. time. Like it's, I don't know. Tightrope walking on this line. It's it's real cool. Mm. All right, next week. Do we want to know what we're doing? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to preface this by saying I really wanted to come out of the gate and pick a movie that would shock you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a few on my list. Oh, no. Because I was like, I want to do something that you would be like, oh, I did not think Larissa would pick that. Ooh, However... We've just done two pretty heavy action movies. Yes, yeah. I feel like it's probably time to ground us with some emotions. <laughs> <laughs> so I've picked a movie. I don't know much about it, actually. Don't Make Me Go. Never even Came out it. 2022. Um, and cool. it was all filmed in New Zealand. Um, supported by the New Zealand Film Commission. Uh, there's a couple of ca- Kiwi cameos in there as well, but um, this is the synopsis on Letterboxd. A terminally ill man and his teenage daughter embark on a road trip from California to New Orleans for his 20th college reunion. While there, he secretly hopes she can reunite with the mother who left them long ago. It just looks like a character study piece to me, honestly. Two characters in a car forever. It's going to be the complete opposite of Sleeping Dogs and District 9. I have no idea whether it's good or not. I promise. I'm, I don't know anything about it. I am so excited. It's got John Cho in the lead. Yeah. I love him. He's awesome. And Jermaine Clements in this? Yes, apparently he is. Cameo. So we will see. I, yeah, as I said, I don't know anything about it, but I thought mm. let's do something a little bit different. I'll humble myself for the sake of our <laughs> listeners, and I won't make you watch Guns Akimbo this time. <laughs> Yeah, that would have next, been what a triple next feature. Time. <laughs> yeah. This it looks like this is available as well on Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime Video. Yeah. So pretty cool. And just a last final recommendation from a big sci-fi nerd. There is a documentary on this movie, um, District Nine, called The Alien Agenda, a filmmaker's log, which I mentioned that I'd um watched. Nice. Really cool. It's inspiring. Just seeing them coming off the back of planning for Halo mm. and all getting together in a room and having to like come up with an idea to, of a movie to make. What are you making a short film, guys? This is yeah, what I'm getting at. Yeah, 100%. Also, on that Halo thing, yeah. I actually like, I, I think if they were to take the Halo theme and run with it with District 9, District 10, I think that's a, that would be a, a an interesting way to adapt a, a game to film. Rather than following the 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 typical story that you see, because there's so many games being adapted into film mm. um, at the moment, and and I think the issue that they run into, which is a big issue for me, is when the the game theme and the game story doesn't translate into the film. Mm. And so I think if you were to base something loosely around the idea, which is what District Nine kind of feels like, yeah. You know, maybe that feels like that, like that to me because when we watched it, we thought we were going to see a Halo movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. I, I I think it was really cool what they went the route they went with with this. Oh well, that was super fun. We'll I guess we'll see all of you guys 
next episode for Don't Make Me Go. Bit of a change of pace. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you watch it before you come and listen because, <laughs> as you have seen, we <laughs> full of spoilers. Jace's synopsis is going to be <laughs> scene, by, scene by scene, spoilers oh. all the way. Yep, yep. <laughs> That'll be good. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. See you later. Ciao. We do need to do a short film. Thanks for listening to 1978 with your hosts, Chris Wetterly, Jasha Drake, and me, Larissa Gray. Follow us on socials at 1978podcast and email us on 1978podcast at gmail.com. Our theme was composed by Stephen Garten. This episode was edited by Jasha and all our artwork and graphics were done by me. We'll see you all next week as we discuss Don't Make Me Go. We can cut out this giant pause yeah, as I no, try to find well. I'm I real, actually... like, conscious that every time I take a sip, I'm like... <laughs> I'll just leave it all in, too. Gross. I'll boost it up. Bit of ASMR. Yeah.